Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. of our pastor. Um, and I think we are praying for him. He will be back around this week. And then um, our prayer is that uh, he may be a blessing where he is. And, um, and then he may come back home very safely. Amen. Um, so, um, but it's also um, a privilege for us to come and stand in the gap and amen. And without a waste of time, ten minutes. Matthews chapter nine. Um, I want to read from verse 28, 29, and 30. Just to find and encourage someone there. Verse 28, the Bible says, 
And when he was come into their house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Be ye that I am able to do this. They said unto him, Yeah, Lord. Verse 29, Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Verse 30, And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly touched them, saying, See that no man know this. Proverbs chapter 10, I want to read only verse 24 for our text. 24, if you've got it, the Bible says, The fear of the wicked shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Let us bow him, our gracious, eternal, heavenly Father. Once more, we are full of praises, gratitude in our hearts. Heavenly Father, we know that we can read the word like any other one. But we are asking for your divine interpretation, Lord. Your divine inspiration, Lord. To come and reveal yourself once more this morning. Bless your children, Heavenly Father. You know their needs, Almighty God. If there is anyone that is sick or affligated, Lord, may you come and heal them, Heavenly Father. Bless your church once more, Heavenly Father. And as we preach your, the word upon our hearts, Almighty God, bless them once more, Almighty God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and all the church shall agree by saying, Amen. Amen. Once more, you may be seated while we... Once more, greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And um, I think um, it's a, once more a privilege. And then, as I said, in the absence of our dear pastor, and our prayers are with him. Amen. And um, don't forget one thing for sure, that we are in the process of building. Even if you don't see the building, but you must be able now to try and imagine it, and then that's something that is going to happen, and we are in that process, and we wholeheartedly depend on the church to be able to contribute and be able to um, realize the, 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 the vision of our pastor by just assisting and be able to build a church. Amen? And... Um, once more, we, we are really grateful, hallelujah. Um, it has been a, a desire for me sometimes to, to, um, to always be in church, and I think the past two months has been a little bit of a challenge, but I think by God's grace, um, we are managing to be here, um, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, we... I think we we were very busy with our project at Grill, and then as we go towards wrapping the project, and then we had an unfortunate incident of uh, sort of um, somebody got in, got injured, and it was a little bit of a, a, a problem for us, and um, we, we, were, we were coming home as you know the government in mining is a little bit uh, uh, call it tough. And you need to be account on that and give reasons and, and maybe and, and how do you go to manage the risks and make sure that you don't injure people 
again. Hallelujah. And uh, for that, and then it, 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 it caused a little bit of um, uh, sort of a pressure on us, and especially that um, coming towards the end of the project, and then we only are allowed to work on Sundays because now during the week, it's a production week. Now we hand over the plant to, 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 to the production people, and then now on Sundays, that is the only day that they are not producing, then we need to work because we've got some financial obligations there. So I always try every morning to go and make sure that um, come back at work, I mean, come back to church, and then my prayer and my desire has always been, even if I'm not there, but I'm accountable, but God will be able to take care of the people that are there. And, um, but I don't make it a secret that I run away. I always tell them that you must know on Sunday I'm going to church. So then they say, but you know that you are accountable even if you are in church. If something happens, you'll be the one that you're going to stand before the inspector say, that's fine. But I know that God will always protect me. So I always um, don't be surprised. I come a little bit later always. Then I had to go to work, take my clothes and go into the office. After I come from the plant, I come and I dress up and then I come to church straight. So, but I mean, God is always God, and I believe that he will always protect us. And then, but because God looked at the desire, and then he fulfilled the expectation, and that's what I want to speak upon this morning. I want to talk about the power of positive expectations. That's what I want to talk about, just to try and encourage someone. And in the message Leading of the Holy of the Spirit of God, 1955, August the 7th. I want to read uh, paragraph 21. And <clears throat> Brother Vrenem says here, expectations. If you are expecting it, you will receive it. Amen. Now, if he says expectations, if you are expecting it, you will receive it. But that expectation should be either it's a negative expectation or a positive expectation. Whatever that you are expecting, you will receive it. You usually get what you expect to get. Not what somebody else expects you to get, but you get what you as an individual expect to get. If you come to the meeting this morning, expecting to find something to criticize the meeting, the devil will show you that. So in other words, you get what you expect. And I always tell people that I think there is nothing on this earth that is perfect. Everything has got its own downfalls. You can look at the positive, but you've got a choice to look at the positive, and then you also have a choice to look at the negative. So if you come to church having coming with expectations and God will ensure that what you expect, then you go home having that. And then if you try to find something that you can talk about and go and fellowship about, then you will have that particular thing. And if you expect something that you can be able to criticize the meeting, then you will find that. 
That is why people that have got some other things to criticize the message, I think they've got plenty of things to criticize the message of the hour. However, also if you've got something positive about the message, you've got plenty of things, actually eternal things, that you can talk about, that you can be able to say there is something good about God. Now you get what you expect. If you come to get a blessing, God will see that you get it. So if you come here for a blessing or whatever that you are coming here for, God will see to that that you get it. If you come to get saved, God will see you get it. If you come to get healed, be expecting to get healed, God will see that you do it. It is whatever you are expecting as an individual. So I want us to... To, 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 to have that one in our mind. Because expectation can be either a blessing and the expectations can be a curse also. Depending on what you are looking for. So either way, certainly it's one of the most powerful unseen forces in our lives. So it is our own expectations. Now, if you get a person, or even if you are at home, or wherever you are, now, whatever that you expect from the people, that's what you get. Sometimes, sometimes we go with what we call a perception when we see people. And that expectation that you expect from the people, exactly that's what you'll get back. So that is why you have to be in most of the time, unless being dis- you get disappointed, but you must always be positive about people. You must always be positive about situations. And you must always expect the good from God. And in the message where I think Pentecost failed, in paragraph 14, Brother Brenham says, he says, and God will never... You can never exhaust God's love and mercy to you. So you cannot do that. So it's your own limitations to be able to say God doesn't, is no longer merciful or God's love has been exhausted. It's just because of your own uh, limitations. So we've got limitations in our own belief. But in, all, in, 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 in what Brother Brenham says here, he says you can never exhaust God's love. Amen. So it doesn't have uh, where we can say God's love begins here and it ends up somewhere else there. God's love, we know that it's eternal. And God's love is what we say if we claim that God is in us, that's what we have in our hearts. And that is what is controlling us. That is God's eternal love. He says, you say, well, I hate to bother you so much, Father. He wants to be bothered that way. So in the first place, you mustn't even have that thought that you are bothering God. Because he is your father. So whatever that you expect that your father can do to you. I mean, as a child, when you grew up, if you see your father, you know, any other thing that you expect from your father, he will give it to you. So I think as a child, that's why the Bible says we must have faith like children. 
So children, they don't expect you that you can say, I can't be able to do that. They know that when the father comes back home, if I ask for a particular thing, he will be able to give it to me. So we must have that child faith like that whatever that we expect from God, he will give it to us. So the reason that we are not getting what we, what we want is that because we, are, we, are, we don't have expectations also. Hallelujah. So in most of the time, what I can say is that our people usually they don't even know what they really want. You cannot, they know, people know that what they don't want, but they don't really know what they want. So to say that I don't want this, I don't want that, I don't want that, we all can say that, and it's very easy for people to say, I don't want this, and I don't want that, and I don't want that. But there are very few people that you can really ask them and say, then what do you want? I think there are very few people that they've got expectations that they can tell you that if I go to church, if I serve God, if I do what a particular thing, what are my expectations? You know, I've read about a particular man that I don't know that, you know, they call him, I think his surname, he was Barnes, and then Edwin Barnes. They say this man had a great desire in his own heart. And he was, he was not even saving God, but he had a desire in him. So he read and he knew about a man that was called Thomas Edison. And this man called, called Thomas Edison, we know that he was the greatest inventor of those ages. And this man is the man that discovered what we call a light bulb. And now this Edwin Barnes had a desire in his own heart that one day I want to meet the man called Thomas Edison. So you can imagine that this man, they say he was staying far from this man, from this, this man called uh, Thomas Edison. And this man, they didn't have even money and he was not known. And they said now he had to go and have maybe take a bus to go there and introduce himself. But I want you to take this notice. They said this man had a desire in his heart. And his desire was, I'm going to this man and I'm not going to work for this man. I've got a desire to be in partnership with this man. That was the greatest desire, a burning desire that was in this man. Now, he says now, when it goes on, he says now, this man had a way because they say if there is a will, there has to be a way somewhere. So the first thing that you must have, you must have a will to do certain things. And then God will ensure that there is a way somewhere. For you to worry yourself, how am I going to arrive in Johannesburg? It doesn't help. You just have to follow what you follow the direction to take you to Johannesburg. So in other words, if you've got a desire in your heart, you don't have to worry, how am I going? You know, there are certain people that they try to imagine. If we talk about the rapture, for a person to say now, we have now to change and go to heaven, how are you definitely going to change? So I don't have to know that. 
I don't need science or any wisdom to be able to understand that. How am I going to change the molecules and everything in my body to change? But one thing for sure is that I've got a desire that I want to be in the rapture. If the rapture uh, tarries, the desire for me is that I need to be able to see my Redeemer that I've been saving for the rest of my life. That is my desire. The how part of it is God to see to it how is going to happen. Hallelujah. Now this man called Pans, he inspired me when I read about him. And then he says now, he had a desire. Nobody can stop him. And he went and he came. And you can imagine a lot of people that they were working with Thomas Edison. They didn't have that desire that this young man had. He was the only one who had that one desire that I want to go into partnership with this man and this great man. And there were people that met Thomas Edison. There were people that were working daily with him. There were people that they were related to him, but they didn't see any need to be in partnership with Thomas Edison. But this man was a different man. He had a different desire in his own heart. So that is why now, if you've got a desire in God, it doesn't matter the next person next to you. You must have the hunger and the desire to be with God and you and you alone. So there were all these obstacles that you can count off. I mean, this man is a great man. For you to be able to go to him, there is a lot of obstacles. You need to explain yourself what you want to this man. But he had a desire in him. And then to say, I want to be. I'm not going to work for this man. I want to be in partnership with him. The how part of it, God will take care of it. So if you've got a desire in your heart, God will ensure that it happens. It's an expectation that God promised that it shall be fulfilled. Now, But sometimes it happens that, that's why I say, we don't actually know where we are going. We don't know even what we want. Definitely. If you can ask each and every person to say, actually, what are your expectations in God? I don't think people will really tell you definitely in details what do I expect. Hallelujah. Because everything has to reflect what you want in God. And there will be obstacles. There will be a lot of things that when, when, when you talk about that, people that will criticize you, people that will not be able to see your vision, people that will not be able to see your... How, how do, are you going to be able to do that? How are you going to be able to be, to be raptured? You don't have to debate with people. There is a lot of people that they don't believe in the message of the hour. People that were in the message that are out of the message. People that, they've got a lot to say about these things. But the the thing is that now you must have an expectation. Now, if you expect that God will bless you, definitely God will bless you. And he says now, he wants to be bothered that way. He does. Don't never think that you could ever ask too much of God. I believe the scripture said you have not because you ask not. So if you don't have any other thing, and then it's because you ask not. If you are sick, the only thing that problem says that you have to do what the scripture says you must do. And God is obligated 
to his word to say he must fulfill what he has promised. Hallelujah. But the reason that we, we don't get what we want is that we are not even afraid to ask. We are not asking. So he wants because he says now, you ask not. And because it's a simple thing why we are not asking. Is that we don't believe that we will get what we are asking for. Hallelujah. So it's a simple thing. It's not that we don't want to ask. But the reason that we are not asking is that we know very well deep down in our hearts that if I ask for a healing, I don't believe that I will be healed. So that, 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 that is the bottom line. So it's not what you say with your mouth. It's what you believe from your heart. If you don't believe that God will heal you, it's not going to happen. So you only get what you expect. Yes, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, sometimes we need to raise our expectations. We need to be able to say, God is there. He will be able to fulfill our expectations. So take them a little bit higher because you cannot exhaust the God. And then we need to ask whatever that we want from God, and God is obligated to do that. Amen. And that is the only difference between a person next door. If there is a child next door that will come and ask my father of something, it, there is a possibility that he won't get what he wants. But if I know that I'm the son in this family, I've got the right, and my father is obligated. Amen. Hallelujah. But the child next door is not obligated. So that is the only difference between believers and unbelievers. So if we believe with, with our hearts is that God is obligated because he is our parent. He is obligated to give us what we are asking for because we believe that whatever we ask, he will give, us, he will give it to us. He wants us to ask and believe that our choice will be so he just he 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 wants us to ask and after asking he wants us to believe that our joys will be full so it's two things you ask but after asking you must believe you can't just ask and you don't believe you're not going to get anything so God wants us to ask. So we've got a desire in our heart. Is that desire, then it has to be that after asking, then we need to believe that God will give us what we are asking for. He wants us to ask abundantly. Ask for big things. Don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed. So we must never ever make God to be somebody that is small somewhere. But God is a great God. We must be like Joseph. We must be like Moses. We must be like David. We must believe that God will give us what we are asking for. The Bible says we mustn't look at our problems, but we must look how how big our problems are, but we must look at how the big God we serve. So in most cases, we come to church or we are at home, we talk to people, we fellowship about our problems, how big our problems are. And those problems, they differ, definitely they do. But each and every individual has got his own Goliath somewhere. 
Although they are not the same, but we all have our own Goliaths that we have to conquer. So everyone has got something to ask God to say, I want to be able to defeat my own Goliath, and Goliath will never be the same. Hallelujah. So David has, his own, has, has got his own Goliath that he had to defeat, but he trusted in God, David, to be able to see when other people, they were seeing Goliath as a, a great man. Somebody with an experience that he has been fighting for many years. And something that the people that were not supposed even to talk about it. They were not supposed to look at it. But yet, they spend most of their time talking about the enemy instead of talking about how great God was. And that is the problem with us as believers. We spend most of our time reading about negative things that they talk about the message, negative things that they talk about the God, and negative things that they talk about other believers. We read more about those things instead of looking at the positive things about the Almighty God. That was the problem of the Israelites. They were fellowshipping, but fellowshipping about the enemy how great the enemy was. And the Bible says they were talking that this man from his own youth, he was a fighter. This man from being a young man, he was the man that was involved in battle and he never lost. And it wasn't the Philistines that were saying that, it was the children of God that were saying that. And there came a man. You see, sometimes we, we, we do those things, but there came a man that didn't, he didn't hear what they were talking about. Amen. And the only thing that he had in his own mind is that God is able to Amen. destroy this enemy. He saw him as an enemy to God. He said he, said he doesn't have the right to, 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 to curse the children of God, to curse the name of the Lord. So that is what is the problem with us, that we need to try and put God there, and God will fight for us. Amen. But we don't do that. We read much about what is happening somewhere else there. What are the people saying? Me, I don't have much interest in those things. I, I know less about people that talk negative about the message than people that talk positive about the message. Amen. I, I, I just don't have any interest that why must I listen to people that I don't even read about them. Yeah. Because I don't have a problem with what they are saying. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have a desire. I don't, I don't even have to debate with them. So I don't want to know what are they saying about them. Hallelujah. Amen. So now the problem that we get defeated is that, I mean, we look too much into the negative things. I mean, I think Brother Brenham speaks about a man that we know that story that he says, the problem with the people is that we eat wrong things. Yeah. And whatever you eat, and then is, this, is, is something that is going, to, is going to be visible, something that is coming from inside. When we look at you, it will be visible outside. Amen. And the prophet says, there was this man that came to him, and then he says he was like an he was Indian man, and he came, he says, Brother Brenham, um, Brother Brenham says, now, chief, Tell me, how are you today? He says, no man, pretty good, but not pretty well. He says, what do you mean, chief? And he says, no man, brother Brenham, since I took, I, I, I believe. 
they are like two dogs that are fighting in me. So there are two spirits that are in me, and that is for each and every believer. And that is why Brother Brenham says when we come to church, a church is like it's a battleground. So it doesn't mean when you are a believer, you are just become what you call a softy. You are called to come and take your sword and destroy the devil. So you can't just come to church and allow each and everyone to say whatever you want. You must have what we call now, we draw a line to say, brother, okay, that is where you will end up here. Hallelujah. So you can't just allow people saying all these sorts of things about God and you say, ah, no, I, I can't say anything. Hallelujah. So when people say things about God that they make your spirit maybe not to be good, it's people that you say, okay, ah, it's fine. You can go this way, I will go that way. There's nothing wrong there, hallelujah. So, but sometimes you try to please people too much. So, but now, we, to please people even where it's not necessary. And that is the problem. We'll have to have a choice to say, let's please God or we please people. You know how dangerous it is to please people. Have you read the story about the great emperor? They say, I'm told that when you read that story, it says there were two gentlemen that came to that village. And they said, when they came there, they told people that there are clothes that we can design and they are very good. And those clothes, but they are invisible. You won't be able to, visit, to see them. And the only person that can be able to see those things, it means that person is stupid and incompetent. And they managed to convince the whole village about that. Until the way they went to the emperor himself, the chief of the village, and then he heard that there are people that are great in designing. And he had the desire that I want those people to design clothes for me. And they said he gave a piece of gold for those people as a payment. And the great emperor, because he believed that, and he says now with his people, they say, if you be able to see the clothes, then it means now you are incompetent. And it goes on, it says now, when it happens that the day that they came to come and dress the emperor, the, the great empire, then he said, when they came there and they told him, they say, no, take off your clothes. And he took them off. And then they were cutting on the air, they say. And then he was saying, I can't see. He, he, he couldn't say, I can't see what you are cutting. Because of the people. Yeah. He wanted to please the people. And the people were there. They say even his servants that were with him, they were there, they were surprised. But none of them said even a word. They took the scissor, they were cutting on the air. And say, now we are measuring you. They say he nearly fell, but when he saw the other people, and then he said, but I can't say I don't see it, because they will say I'm incompetent and I'm stupid. <laughs> and it goes on to say, the emperor, when he was there, they say, now we are dressing you. 
and they dressed him with nothing. They say, now you are dressed, emperor. You can be able to go on the street. He was ashamed, but because he couldn't say anything, he was afraid that they will say, you are incompetent and you are stupid. Then he had to go on the street. Men please us. And when they were on the street, the people, because they knew about the story, they saw that their emperor is naked, but none of them could say, you are naked, emperor. All of them, they were saying, if you don't see anything, you don't see the clothes, it means now you are incompetent and you are stupid. The whole village were looking at the emperor being naked. That's the people that we live now in these days. They can't say anything. They want to please their neighbor. They want to please their colleagues. They want to please their friends. Even if they know that this is not right. And while they were there, people on the street looking at their emperor going there naked. There was a child that was innocent. The child that didn't know all these things that they were saying. They say the child went on top of something. He was there on top and he screamed on top of his voice. He says, the emperor is naked. (laughs) And they say the words of the child reverberates in everybody's mind and the whole village now they started, they say, the emperor indeed is naked. So they waited for a child to say that because the child was not brainwashed by anything. No, I love children. I like children. The way we are as a child, the problem is that when we grow, we believe that there is God. Definitely. But the experiences in life makes us to be unbelievers. So this child now, he, he helped the nation. That no, 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 at all. Even if all of you can say the emperor, whatever the case might be, I see the emperor being naked. So that is the man that is outside the crowd. The man that can look beyond the crowd. He's there, he's alone, and he can be able to assess and say that is how it is. Now David also, he didn't listen to their testimonies. The great people that were there, people that were in war, people that were with his brothers, they were there, they were older than him, and they had all this negative testimony. But David had an expectation. And his expectation was that he is not allowed the enemy to say bad things about God. He cannot allow the enemy to, to, to win the battle against God. He saw that and he had an experience that I'm not going to listen to anyone. And they tried. They tried to come and say, David, we know you. You know how people are. They don't say, no, David, we know that no, you are a child of God. They say, ah, we know that you think you are better. That is the biggest issue. Somebody is trying to do something else, and then instead of people coming and say, brother, let's lift up your hands. You know, the Bible says Moses, when he was tired, and then God said now, he wants men to come and lift his hands so that his hands will not go down, so that the Israelites will be able to, uh, to, 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 to conquer. Amen. 
So that is the problem today. Instead of coming to my brother and say, let me lift up your points, we stand there and say, how he thinks he's bad. Then they went to David in private and say, I knew you. Even his own brother say, oh, we know you. No, you just came here to come and see how we are here and how things are and then think you are much more better than anyone. But God, I mean, David knew that God has this promise to say, ask big things. He says, don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed. Get out here to some other kind of faith and move out in big things. Big things is just as easy to receive as little things. No difference. So it depends on you. If you expect little things, you'll get the little things. If you expect big things, that's what you'll get. So it depends on you. You know, there is this thing that you call a thermostat. When you've got this thing, we call it an aircon there, you put it on a particular temperature to say it must be at the 21. There is no way. If you put it on 21, it's not going to go to 23 or 28. It's going to just remain there. That's where you set it. It must be there. That's how your faith is. If you set it on 21, somebody set it on 28, you are going to get different um, air or you're going to get the different um, whatever that comes out of the aircon. So it all depends on each and every individual what he wants. So whatever that you want from God, you will get it. If you believe God is not for bigger things, then you will get the smaller things. And if you believe that God will give you big things, then you go and ask for big things. Big things is just as easy as little things. You just have to believe. That's all. And you got faith, just know exactly how to use it. And it will be all right. Faith, you must have a way to use it. You know you don't abuse the, the faith, you use it in a correct way. You can put it right to work and it will just be fine for everything. So I want us to, there is never, I want us to repeat here, I want to repeat this thing, that there is never, there never is, and there will never has been any lack of supply other than which we created for ourselves because of our own limited awareness. So we limit God. We limit what we can get from God. It's not all those things, they are already there. Now, Brother Brenham says when you ask for something, it's not something that God has to go somewhere and get that particular thing. That thing is already there. It's waiting for you. You speak the word, it's already there. It will might be manifested. Amen. Healing is there. It's not something that we need to, 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 to go and get it far from. If you believe that healing is with us, <coughs> salvation is with us, whatever that we need is with us always. Amen. Actually, anything that is a desire from your heart is within the reach of your hand. You just have to believe. Amen. And God will grant it to you. Amen. In the message, hear him 
So that's how we, we limit God. He says, that fish oh, is worried about, I, I will finish this sea. It's impossible. There is no way that you're going to finish that. Is that it must drink as much as it can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, well, if they had 10 hundred thousands of rats that size, they would never eat it up. They had billions times billions of tons of them fish. They will never drink the water up. And how many times could we multiply? You could never exhaust God in his powers, his mercies to his children. He is inexhaustible fountain of life. Just drink and drink and drink and keep on drinking. You cannot finish him. Hallelujah. So I want us to, just to understand this thing, that we've got these two determining factors to attain, to attain our own result. Is that whatever that you want, you must first have the desire. Before you can have an expectation, is that you must have a desire in your heart. Because a desire without expectation is nothing but just more than a wishful thinking. You've got a desire but you don't have an expectation. Brother Brenham says in the message, hear ye him. Paragraph 9, somewhere, I mean 8, somewhere in the middle. He says, yes, some years ago, there was a case tried on that in the federal courts of our land, a man had committed a crime. And we know about the story that this man, while he committed a crime, it happened that he went to to, to, he had what you call a pardon. So he chose that, and then when the pardon was granted for this man, this man refused the pardon. Hallelujah. Now he said, a man committed a crime, and the governor of the state has sentenced him to be shot or to be killed by public execution. And while the man was in the prison waiting this time, of execution, someone interceded to the governor until the governor found reasons to pardon the man. And the governor wrote just a little line of a piece of paper, signed his name. This man is pardoned governor so-and-so. And when it was brought to the man, showed him by his attorney, he said, I will not receive it. So it was this man that said, ah, this pardon, I see it has been signed by the governor, but I will not receive it. A pardon has got more to it than that. I believe it is bogus. Therefore, I believe someone is trying to put something over me. 
how that the devil says that same thing to the church tonight. The Bible is misinterpreted. It doesn't mean the same. It was only for another generation. But oh my friend, let me say this tonight. It is for whosoever will. Let him come just as forceful tonight as it was the night that it fell or the day it fell from his lips. The man, by rejecting this pardon, pardon because it wasn't enough, wrote out the man then to reject it was executed the next morning. And then here is the governor's pardon. And here is the man executed. The governor has signed the pardon. So it was tried in the federal court and the decision come to this. I want every one of my listeners tonight, this morning, to think this real seriously. And when the decision of the federal courts of our land and the Supreme Court rather of our land made its decision, here is what it said. A pardon is not a pardon if it is not received as a pardon. So you cannot claim any other thing. So a pardon was there, but if you don't receive it, it will not be a pardon to you. It will be a pardon for somebody next to you. It will be a pardon somebody that receives it, but who you, even if it's there, but you don't receive it as a pardon, then it's not a pardon. Hallelujah. It says now, in the message now again, the Queen of Sheba, Brother Bram says here, preached in 1960, July the 10th, paragraph 8. I want to read this one. He says, I might say to this audience this morning, how many is Christians? Perhaps 95% or maybe 100 raise up their hands. They are Christians. As long as you believe that, all right. But start, but the minute that you begin to think that is your, you are not, that is the time you start sinking right there. That is the time our testimony is negative. Now, I want us to dwell a little bit here. Now, the Bible says here where we have read, it speaks plainly here. You say now in Proverbs 10 that the fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him. Now, what we fear is what will happen to us, the Bible says there. And the brother Brenham says here, in the message, I want to read this thing so that I can build a little bit of it here quickly. So whatever that you believe in, the Bible says, uh, let me go there. The Bible says here, the fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him. But the desire of the righteous shall be granted. So it's two things here. The desire of the believer and the fear of the unbeliever. So it's two things, it happens. But now it depends on your expectations. Now, if you expect something that is not right, it will happen to you. And then if you also expect something that is positive, it will also happen to you. So it will be like a pattern that will be only applicable to you as an individual. So I want us to understand that one. Very well. And Brother Brenham continues to say here, I'll come back to this one a little bit. He says now, in the message, faith is our victory. Let me just go to this one. Let me jump this one. 
I want to go to, yeah, there we go. In the message expectation, 1954, February the 28th. Brother Brenham says in paragraph 45. He says, like I was telling a lady this morning, when you got to, to fry your meat for breakfast, a big bunch of grease pops up on your hand. The first thing you just scares you to death. You grab your hand and where is the time? Just as quick as you can, that is the reason it bends you. That's what makes you scared. I can prove that one. It's a scare it bends. You got the Holy Ghost is operating in you, in your body. Well, when that old snake grabbed a hold of Paul's hand, there it was not a bit of scare. He says, he looked at it like that, shook it off in the fire, and went on and got some more sticks. It didn't scare him. So it didn't scare Paul, that snake. And it bite him in front of the people, and people were expecting Paul to die very soon. But the Bible's brother Brenham says, it didn't even scare him. So he says, Jesus said, why did you fear? You know, fear, Satan uses fear much for us. Everything, that is why the Bible says always, fear not, fear not, fear not. Because the Bible, the Satan, his greatest weapon is for us to fear. He brings fear to the believers. So even the children of Israel, when they saw Goliath, they feared him. When the, 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 the people that were sent to go and, and spy at Canaan to see the land, the Bible says when they came back, they came with a bad report, a negative report, because they were fearful. When they looked at the Canaanites, they saw some people that were giants to them. So when you look with the eyes of a human carnal eyes, then you can see the giants. But when you apply your spiritual eyes, you put God first and you see, and then you'll be able to see that God is able. Hallelujah. So he says here now, and then it didn't scare him. So fear in most of the time is a problem for people. It can even kill the people, the fear itself. That is why sometimes you don't have to make people to be very fearful. Hallelujah. You have to be a person that has got a positive vibe in him or in her uh, that is coming out from you as a believer. You have seen people that they are so, they are so, 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 so dangerous, eh? They can, they can make people even feel worse. Amen. They say, no, somebody is sick. I had a friend of mine, some other time that he was just a colleague, not a friend, and then he was very sick. Very, very sick. And he spent some time that he was very sick. When I saw him, I couldn't recognize him. And I went to his house, I went to see him, and he was telling me he was sick for some months. And when I was there, I was trying to encourage him. And he was telling me how people, they say, no, they can't even recognize him. 
But even if I didn't, but I was there as a son of God, I say, ah, you are still the same, my brother. Because people can make, they've got a negative, negative testimony. Say, hey, brother, indeed you are dying. You are no longer the same. Can you imagine if somebody comes and you are really sick? And he comes to hospital, some people, such people, me, I don't want them to come and see. <laughs> Brother, we can see, I know. Even if there is a hope, but with you, there is no more hope. That's negative. That's negative. We need to encourage people. You need, I mean, Brother Brennan says in the message, Hebrews, if you read it, he says when you see such a person, whether it's a believer or an unbeliever, you need to bring words of hope. Amen. He says by doing that, you worship God. Tell him there is a God somewhere that can heal your disease. Amen. He says there is a hope. Somewhere, somehow, God will be merciful to you, my brother. He says somewhere you need to be worshiping God and praying in your heart. He says, I want these words when they come out of me to be able to uplift this man. When you leave, and then you can be able to say, I left him with some encouraging weight. It's not only when a person is sick. Any person that goes through some difficulties, we mustn't be there and say, yeah, no, things are difficult. But the person is telling you that, hey, I'm going through tough times. You go there instead of uplifting a saying, you say, I know it's very tough. It's very tough. I don't think you will survive it. Very tough. No, you can't say that. We are, we are the children of God. We need to come up a little bit higher. The Bible says, come up here. here. When the people are there, they are complaining, they are talking about all these things. We are in our own caution, the spiritual caution, where there is no spiritual death. I mean, if you read the Bible, it says, well, there was death in Egypt, but God ensured that his own children, they were in Goshen. There was no, there was, there was no death there. Yes. And when God said, no, let there be, I mean, just darkness all over the place, but in Goshen, the sun was there. So there is a spiritual caution in our time. When there is accidents, there is death, there is whatever that is there, but God has got his own economy. There is where there is life. It's our spiritual caution. You have to be there. Sometimes we find ourselves in wrong places. It's a saying of God, what you want in Egypt. God wants you to be in ocean. You are in Egypt. You are in a wrong place. If something happens, you cry, but you are in the wrong place. Yeah. Hallelujah. So this man was not fearful. Because if he was fearful, you'll see here, Jesus said, why did you fear? He was speaking to Peter here. You remember the story that God, when, when Jesus walked upon the sea, he walked upon the water. And the Bible says, Peter admired him. I like Peter. When he saw Christ doing something right, he admired him. He says, if it is you, Lord, allow me to do the same thing. I want to walk upon the water also. And Peter, the Bible says, now Jesus said, come and walk. Hallelujah. And Peter started walking. 
upon the water. And the faith, Peter, the faith that he had made him to be able to walk on the water. But now be careful here. The same thing that Paul did. He was not scared of this snake when it bite him. And then the Bible says Peter walked upon the water. But you know what sinked this man? The Bible says now when he saw all these temptations, he saw that now there is trouble here. And the Bible says he feared. And the fear that came upon Peter made Peter to sink. That is the same thing. That's why the Bible says here, you must not be fearful. Something that you are fearful of is going to sink you. And that is what Satan does. Satan, the Bible says he's just bluffing. He doesn't have power. He doesn't have anything that he can do. Satan just wants you to be fearful. Hallelujah. And then when you fear, that fear is going to make you sink. Don't fear anything. Anything. Don't be fearful of anything. Jesus said, why did you fear? Peter come walking on the water, doing fine until he seen the waves were contrary. Until he saw the enemy, that the enemy is so big. I cannot be able to survive. And he sink because he believed that the enemy is greater than his own faith. But God said something, come walk upon the water. And it's the same thing, Brother Bram says, God said, let us just, let us believe in him. All our, our sicknesses are healed. Amen. The message expectation in April the 5th, Brother Bram says here, there's just for a little text, paragraph 13. If I should call it that, I want to speak for a moment or two on the word expectation. That we always get what we expect. When people expect um, anything, when, then they usually get what you look for. It is the mental attitude that you have. Remember this and never forget it. The right mental attitude towards any promise of God will bring it to pass. The right mental attitude towards any any promise that is in the Bible, it's yours. But it has to find a what? A right mental attitude. Attitude is a problem. Attitude is a big problem. Some wise men say attitude a bad one especially, is like a flat tire. If you don't change it, you are not going far. Even we see you on the highway, and we see that no, in front or at the back, you've got a puncher, we know that you are not going far. Unless you change the tire, the flat tire. So the attitude, when you see a person with a wrong attitude, a bad attitude towards God or his own children, you know very well he's not going far, this person. Like a flat tire. Change the attitude. Then you are going far. He says it doesn't take gifts of healing to heal the sick. 
any person in here has a right to meet Satan anywhere if you are a Christian. And anywhere defeat him on any ground that you could stand on. Anywhere, any day, any time. Anyone here as a Christian, you can defeat him because he's already been defeated. So you are just enforcing it. The message, Perfect Faith, 1963, and in August the 25th, and I want to read here. 102 is my paragraph. Brother Brenham says, in the book of Job, it says here, Job feared. I want us to, to be there a little bit. And what he feared, it actually happened. In other words, what Job expected, it happened exactly to him. Because Satan brings fear. And when he brings fear, then you start now having negative expectation about your health. It's going to happen exactly. He said, what brought it? His fear. That's what made it happen. Not something else that came somewhere. What came upon Job, it was his own fear. It was own, his own negative expectations. He feared that something will happen to me as Job. And Brother Brenham says, it exactly happened. So Satan cannot bring a disease. He will just cast it, but it will never come to you until you expect the, the disease to happen to you. Hallelujah. He cannot do anything. Satan doesn't have power. Saints. Satan cannot do anything. Satan uses people. Satan wants something to use to be able to hurt you. He cannot do anything. The Bible says he's just bluffing. It's just like he cannot do anything. He's just surrounding, going around, bluffing. He cannot do anything. Sometimes we give him much credit. Satan. He says he feared. And that's what made it to happen. His faith will have kept him from it. So if Job had faith, that faith could have kept Job from what happened to him. But his fear allowed Satan to take advantage. And it happened exactly. And his faith saved him also. Later on when he realized. He said, but his fear brought him, brought it to him. He was scared it was going to happen. It did happen. He knew, he knew it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. See what I mean. If Job in his heart, and he said in his faith that it's not going to happen, it wouldn't have happened. He opened the gate for Satan to get, enter into him. It says in 103, if you are afraid when you come by the prayer line, Maybe I just haven't got the faith sufficient. It will never happen. 
You open a gate. He says you come to the prayer line. As much as Brother Brenham could read, he can do anything. And Brother Brenham gave him, I mean, God gave Brother Brenham a promise that nothing will stand before you. No diseases, cancer or anything, nothing will stand before you. But it says it depends on you. If you've got fear in your heart or your expectancy is that I don't have a sufficient faith, it's not going to happen. It doesn't matter how many people pray for you, how many times you fast. If you are expecting nothing, you are going to get nothing out of it. He says, it will never happen. Don't worry. You see? But if you know it's going to happen, it will happen. See? It is a substance of something. Job had a fear that these things will come upon him. And they did. If you have a fear that your disease is going to leave you or won't leave you, it won't. If you have faith that it will, definitely it will. So it depends on you. If you've got this fear or your expectancy is that this disease, I'm going to live with it until I go to the grave. And definitely it's your own faith. It's your own expectancy. You expect to live with the disease until you go to the grave. It's not somebody else. Even if people can come and pray, it's because your expectation is that I'm going to die with the disease. It's your own faith. Hallelujah. In any sphere of your life, anything that happens to you is because of your own belief. And Brother Bram says in 104, you ask any medical doctor, the first thing he will try to get to you to do is to have confidence in the medicine he is giving you. I think Brother Brenham in one message he says, you know, people believe in something that they don't even understand where it doesn't come from, and then but they don't believe in God. They read the weight, they doubt the weight. But they believe in something that they don't know even how it was made. But Brother Brenham says here, even the medical doctors, they want you to have confidence that the medicine that they're going to give you is going to make you better. Yes. If you don't believe, it's not going to help you. Yeah. Definitely, it's, go- it's not going to help you. Amen. And that is the reason. These people that they go to, definitely, I always agree with them to say, they will go and say, man, this particular water will make me uh, okay. It makes, it makes it heal my diseases or whatever the case might be. You can't go there and argue with the people. It's true, it does. Surely it does. These people that when you go on the freeway, you'll find them somewhere there between Bromer's Parade or, or whatever in, in Pretoria, you'll find them there, park their nice cars, they're going to get water there. They believe that water works. Definitely it works. It's not that it doesn't work. It works. Don't go there and argue and say, oh, this water waste doesn't work. No. You're not going to win the argument. It's wacky. 
because a certain man somewhere, he made sure these people, they've got confidence, they've got faith in that, they believe in that, it's working for them. Remember what Brother Abraham says, God honors the faith. So if somebody comes to you and convinces you to say, this water is going to work, it's definitely going to work. Don't be, don't be against those people. They've got funny things that they carry upon wherever they go. Those things, they protect. Yes, they do. It's God protecting them because of their faith. The Bible says whatever that they believe in, God is obligated Amen. to protect them. So now the doctors, they make sure also. So it's not only the doctors. Now the false prophets, they take advantage over that. Then they come, they deceive a lot of people. And people will tell you, I have been in this church for many years. And surely they helped him. Surely he did. Hallelujah. He says now, if you ask any medical doctor, they want whatever that they are going to give you is going to help you. If you don't believe that, then you're going to drink the whole medication. You are still going to be the same. And you will go from doctor to doctor. If you've, you haven't got no confidence in it, you better leave it alone. Say, sure, what is it then? It is faith that does the healing. It is faith that does it all the time. So it's your faith that makes you whole nothing else. It's not a medicine that is going to, medication that is going to heal you. But it's your faith that is going to heal you. That is why Brother Brennan says, when somebody broke his own arm, he says the only thing that the doctors can do is that they're going to balance your arm. So God, the nature itself, is God that is going to heal your, your bones or whatever the case might be. He's going to do that. It's God that heals people. Hallelujah. Mary, you must have faith in what? In God. 105. Peter was doing all right till he got scared. You see? Now Job was dead and he was afraid. And all that the brother Abraham says, all that he was afraid of came upon his own life. And the brother Brenham says here now, Peter, while he was working there, he got scared. That was the problem. And that is the problem with the believers. Whatever that we are scared of is something that is going to happen to us. So when there is this thing that it happens that you are at work, they say, no, there is a rumor that I, they are going to uh, uh, maybe, uh, what do you call this, reduce people here. When they say they are going to retrench, you will see other people. Before even they call your name, somebody will be in a corner and say, I, I know I will be one of them. That will. Definitely you are going to be one. Because it's your own expectation. You expect to be retrenched. You will be retrenched. Amen. And other people say, I know if there is somebody that's going to remain, it's me. As long as they say people, if they close this company, then I, it's fine. But if they say there are people that they are going to remain here, I will be one of them. Then I'll remain. Surely God will is obligated to honor your faith. Yes. Let me put this thing very clear. You see, 
So God looks at your faith. He doesn't say what you are telling people. Sometimes we tell people things that we don't, we know very well we don't believe in those things. But God looks at your own, in your heart, what you believe, what is in your heart about the situation. You can tell people that I believe that I'm not going to be retrenched, but deep down you know very well that I will be one of them. And God is going to look at your faith and it's going to happen exactly the way you believe it. That's what you expect. You will get it. Don't be scared. And Peter, he was doing all right till he got scared. The word told him you could walk on the water. He was scared first. He thought it was, it was a ghost and he said, Lord, if it be you, beat me to come to you on the water. He said, come on. Now that is just the same as James 5.14, same as Mark 16, the same God said it and said, come on. And so he started walking. He done all right, got, done, uh, got down out of the sheep, started walking on. In 107, Brother Bram says, there was a storm on the sea. That's what the devil does. You know, great white cap waves. Bigger than these hills around here. The foam breaking on top of them. Terrific, maybe 15, 20 feet foam. The white caps breaking. And there was a terrific thing for him to ask. If it be you, Lord, see. So it was the biggest storm. And God wants you to ask big things. If the storm, there was no storm and the sea was calm, it was just going to be an ordinary thing. Peter was going to be able to walk. But God knew that when he sees the greatest storm was there, and then he says, I want you to walk, Peter, on that storm. Hallelujah. So unfortunately, that's what, 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 or fortunately, we are called for that. We are not called to be a peaceful people here. We are called to say we are going to fight the devil. It's not going to be nice. You are called to be a Christian to come and take your, 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 your sword and fight. Then that is where the problem is. Where now you get tested. People are not patient when they are tested. Hallelujah. He says now, and then, you know why, why God wants that? That's why we said last week also, now God, when he said to Joshua, now I want you to cross Jordan, he didn't just choose any other month, but he chose around April, May, where he knew it was now full Jordan. It was summer at that time. That's what God does. You know, Brother Brennan, in another message, he says, you know why God said Moses? When you see when he says now, you must now throw your stick there. And then it became a snake. And God instructed Moses to say, I don't want you to go into the head of the snake. I want you to catch the, the snake by its tail. And everybody knows that a snake is dangerous where there at the bed. So God wants you to go where it's hot. He doesn't put you where it's very easy. If you want an easy way, you, don't, you cannot be used by God. God wants you to go into some uncharted territories. He wants to make himself known by you. And fortunately is that God chose you. 
Hallelujah. And he wants to be God through you. So the unbelievers will never know God except God is known through you as a person. Never. How are they going to know God? It's not going to happen. The only way that the unbelievers will see God be manifested, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, is the, on, the only way is through you as a message believer. That is the only way. He's not going to appear to them and say, hey, I love you, a sinner there. It's not going to happen. The only way that people will know that God loves them is when you as a believer, you go and you shake the hand of an unbeliever there, you say, God loves you, my brother. That is the only way. When you are merciful to people, then they will know that there is a God that is merciful because there is a merciful heart in you as a believer. So don't expect much from, 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 from God to do anything to unbelievers. You are an instrument to do something for God. Amen. It's fortunate that God chose you to be a David of today. God chose you to be a Joseph of today. Remember when you read your Bible that when, 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 when this man had an expectancy, this man called Joseph, he had his own life and he knew that he had a dream and that dream had to be fulfilled. But God never told him that before your dream can be fulfilled, you're going to go through a lot of things. Your own people, they are going to sell you. They are going to betray you. They are going to hate you for that. Little did Joseph know that he will be called a dreamer by his own brother. That they will take him and sell him to the Ishmaelites. Little Joseph did he know that he will be in prison. He never knew that as a believer, can I go into prison? And I, I can imagine that if Joseph went in our time and he was in prison, how are we going to testify about him? Some of us, we were going to have some sermons about him. Definitely, that there is a believer, somebody somewhere that he said, he is the son of God, some, now he is somewhere in prison. And imagine if, you know, people sometimes they talk about certain things that they are not sure of. And they are there, they make themselves to be some, they spread certain things that they are not sure of. So imagine if Joseph was in your church. Just, just, just think of it, that Joseph, he was coming from your own church or in your neighborhood somewhere. And you hear about this man that he was saying he was a child of God. Then you hear something like that happen. Then now all of a sudden is in prison for such a deed. How many of you are going to believe that I, me, I believe Joseph is a son of God. He can't do that. How many of us are we going to do that? You know, sometimes Brother Bram says, certain things they happen to the Bible. It's nice to read the Bible, but sometimes you need to apply these things into our own lives to say, but if it was me, Joseph was in our church. 
And Joseph was arrested because a particular woman accused him to say he was trying to do something inappropriate to him. How many people were going to stand by Joseph and say, we pray for our brother. We know that he's a great, he's a, he's a, he's a man of God. He cannot do that. How many people are going to do that? Let us be honest in our own hearts. Were we not going to phone a brother somewhere to say, I, did you hear about that? Were you not going to phone a sister or write a WhatsApp to somebody else and say, did you hear about that? So imagine people that they were, they were telling people that this dreamer is coming. People that they hated him for no cause when they heard this man has been arrested for nothing. Did the people know that he didn't do it? No. Nobody knew that. Everybody believed that. There was only Everybody believed that Joseph has done that. And God was with you. And that's what you need. You don't need a crowd of people come and pet you at your back and say you are a good brother. You need God alone and God alone. So Joseph knew that I've got God with me. Whatever happens, I know is for good. So things will happen along the way. But don't be quick to judge. Don't be quick to judge. Saints, don't be quick to judge people. Can I repeat this thing? Don't be quick to judge other people. If you read in the Bible that one day there was a man called David, a great man, a great king. And you know the story of David. And a prophet came to him and said, David, God told me, and he says, no, David, there was a man in a particular village. This man had everything. He's had thousands or he had hundreds of sheep. And he had a, a, something like a, 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 a visitor. And when he had a visitor, he went to his neighbor. The neighbor had only one sheep, but he had a hundred of them. And he slaughtered, he took one sheep, he slaughtered it for his, his visitor. And the prophet was telling what? David. The Bible says David was there. Because it was, David was say, such a man, such a cruel man. How can he do that? He says that man, he deserved nothing but death. Listen, David. He didn't even say, no, this man. And David was a believer. He says he doesn't even believe a little punishment. He deserves to be killed. Because he's an embarrassment to our nation. That's how people are. When something has done something, because it's not him, and then he will say whatever that he wants to say about somebody. And David says, he deserves to be murdered, this man. And the prophet says, and came and said, David, you know that this man is you, actually. No, David didn't never continue and say, I must be killed. He says, have mercy on me. So when it was a, another brother, he must be killed because he's another brother or another sister. But when it's him, he's asking for mercy. 
So that's why I say, let us not try to be judgmental. The Bible says, don't judge so that you cannot be judged also. Actually, whatever that you wish for the next person, it will exactly happen to you. If you want peace, have peace with other people. Provide peace to other people. If you want love to be loved, love other people. Why do you want to be loved but you can't love other people? Why do you want to receive but you can't give? So whatever that you expect that people must do it to you, you must first do it to them also. So David, he wanted this man to be killed. But yet when they say it's him, now he wants a forgiveness. Now Brother Brenham says here, in closing, I'm closing here. He says now, he, he says now, there was a storm. And then he says, he looked like, there looked like a shadow of a spirit. He said, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come on. And he stepped down and said, it is the Lord, I'll just walk. So you see, Peter had faith. He says, because it's God that said that, then I'll walk. Yeah. But when he's, well, but he got his eyes on the waves, he got scared. What came in his mind? First thing, I'm going to walk because the word said to me, walk. Yeah. When the word says something, then I'm going to walk. And the next thing, he looked. Now he took the word, he put the word aside now. Now he looked at the symptoms. He looked out there and seen how big them waves was. And he got scared. And when he did, he did, down he went. What he feared happened to him. What he believed happened. When he believed you could walk, he walked. When he believed he's going to sink, he sinked. He believed and he got scared in his belief. Then his substance left him. He still professed his faith, but he didn't have the substance have the substance. The substance will have went right over top of that white cap and went right on, on, on to him. See if he has the perfect faith, but he didn't have it. So whatever that you expect, it will happen. So it was his expectation. When he expected that I will be able to walk upon the water, the Bible says he walked. God made sure that he, 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 he made him sure to say he's going to be able to walk on the water. Amen. But immediately when he got scared and said, I'm going to die here or to sink, and then indeed he sank. So it all depends how do you see things and what do you expect, and you will get accordingly. Amen. Let's stand on our feet. May God receive bless. Must always meditate upon the power of our expectations. We must come to God with expectations that God will fulfill our needs and God will fulfill our desires. Let us sing a song, brother. Nasu and worship the Lord. Lord.
lift us up very high. Amen. Amen. Let us sing another worshiping song, and Brother Lassimo will just step forth and just close uh, the service with a word of prayer. May God richly bless you. Pass me not, O gentle Savior.
we pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we would like to thank you this afternoon. You are a great God. You are a holy God. There is no other God but you, O Lord. That's why, Father, even Crosby could sing, Father God, Lord, after having been inspired, Lord, sing, Father God, Lord, that even though she was blind, Lord, she would say, but when he appears, I shall see him. My God and my Lord, we are here this afternoon, Lord. When you appear amongst us, we see you, O Lord. We feel your presence. Without doubt, Lord, we know that you are here. When we pray during the week, Father God, Lord, you know our burdens. You hear our hearts cry. And Lord, when a day comes, such a day like this day, when you come and meet with us, Lord, you are so careful, Father, to reveal yourself unto us because you care for us, Lord. And how we appreciate you and thank you, Lord, for using our humble brother, David Mpanyana here, O oh Father, to come and address us, Father God, Lord, in such a way, O oh God. We give you honor, we give you glory, Lord. For we know that even in this day, you are still, go you are still a God that can talk amongst us. You are a God that cares for us, O oh Lord. You care for our going ins, you care for our going out. You care for us when we are at work, you care for us when we are at home. You care for our children when they are in schools, O oh God. You care for everyone of us, Father, because you say it, Lord. Even if a hair, Father God, Lord, Jesus, Father, would fall from our heads, you would know it, O oh Father. But my God and my Lord, Father, we are more important than a hair, O oh God. We are more important, Father God, Lord, than the birth of the hair, O oh Lord. That's why, my Father, my God, Lord, you said if we draw ourselves close unto you, you shall draw yourself close unto us, Lord. And you are a God that can feed us by your peak, O oh Lord. We thank you, my God, my Lord, Father. You do not trust us, Father God, Lord Jesus, Father, with other things, O oh Lord. Yeah. But you feed us, Father God, Lord, with meat, O oh Father, because you also eat meat, O oh Lord. Yes, my God, my Lord, Father, we thank you for this sermon, O oh Lord. Mm. You knew, Father God, Lord, that it was needful, O oh God, Lord. Mm. Such as cars, when they are tired, when things are happening to them, O oh Father God, Lord, they are a time, Father, that you take the honor take those cars, Father God, Lord, for a service, O oh Lord. That's why when we come, we say we are going for a service, because our hearts need to be serviced, because our spirit needs to be serviced, because we need a service, O oh Lord. That's why we are here to be reminded of who we are, Father. We are not bastard children, O oh God, Lord, but Lord, you are our maker, you are our father, our children, Father God, Lord, of the flesh, when they will come to us and ask things, we can give unto them such as we have, Lord. Yes, Lord. And that's why the brother here in preaching, Lord, he says you are a God that can give big things. Yes, and it's Lord. up to us to ask you small things. But because of this faith, oh Lord, we look beyond what men can do, oh Father. Yeah. We know that there is a God beyond the universe. Mm. There's a God who created men. Yes. There's a God who created animals. There's a God who created things that we see, even things that we cannot see. Mm. And Lord, this moment, we close our eyes, humbling ourselves, oh Father, as we look down to the earth where we came from, oh Father. My Father, my God, Lord, knowing that if our hearts can trust in you, there is nothing that we cannot have from you, oh Lord. And we appreciate you, Father God, Lord. We are a needy people, Father. Yes. And that's why, Lord Jesus, you came to us, speaking to us like this, oh God, mm. to give us confidence, Lord, that whenever, whatever we need, Lord, mm. there is an opportunity, oh Father. Amen. Not tomorrow, but now. Right Amen. now, Lord. Yes, Lord. If we can believe this message, Lord, mm. and Lord, we can extend our muscles of faith, my Father, my God, Amen. there is nothing that shall stand before us, oh God. Oh, you great mountain, who art thou before Zerubbabel? Yes. My Father, my God, Lord, we know that whatever mountain is standing before your children, because you have given us, Father, these doors 
of faith. There is nothing that shall hinder us. Yes, there is nothing that shall go before us, O oh Father, mm. and defeat it, O oh God, because we are your children. Yes, we Lord. saw, Father God, Lord, that in the days of Joshua, Lord, you waited for the time when it was summer, yeah. when the oceans and the rivers were full of waters, mm. O oh God. And Lord, you gave him a commission. Because of the commission that you gave him, he was not afraid, O oh Lord. Amen. My Father, my God, Lord, you made a way before him so Amen. that today we can read from the records, from the books, oh Lord, that there was a Joshua who prayed, Father, and Lord, the mountains could move, yeah. and the sun stood still, yeah. and the waters were parted, because there was a man that you had chosen, oh Lord. Amen. My God and my Lord, Father, even the prophet, our prophet, when he went before crowds and multitudes of people, Lord, you had honored the gift that you gave unto him. And my Father, my God, Lord, because of faith, you said, only believe. Only believe, and all things are possible. Yes. Not some things, Lord. Help us to believe, Father. Under any situation, under any condition, Lord, faith knows no defeat. Amen. And here we come, Lord, as we look away to you, Father. We know that you are a faithful God. Amen. The same yesterday, today, and forever. What shall hinder God? If Elisha, who walked with Elijah, could not be hindered to cross the Jordan River, my Father, my God, Lord, we know a prophet, Lord, that walked before us. Amen. A sinless man, an uneducated man. He could not pray with qualified words, Lord. Mm. But Father, even though he was uneducated, but Lord, you could hear his prayer. Amen. My Father, my God, Lord, sometimes it's not the eloquence of the words of our prayers. Yes. We do not go out there to study dictionaries so Amen. that we can come and pray. Yes, but Lord, Lord, a broken heart and a contrite spirit Amen. thou do not despise. Yes, my Father, my God, Lord, we come before you with such broken hearts, oh Lord, knowing that the days and time is fast spent, Lord. We, our faith looks away to you, Lord. My Father, my God, Lord, we thank you, Lord. May you restore the virtue unto our dear brother here, Lord. Remember to bless his family, oh Father. Remember to bless the whole Lord, whatever he touches with his hand, oh Lord. For he has spent this time to save you, Lord. May you stand with him, oh Father, in the post of duties that he was supposed to be at work, Lord. You moved him from work because he wanted us to benefit, Lord. We are asking you, Father, that Lord, you may take over that work for him, oh Lord. In his absence, you are present, oh Lord. That's why you are called an ever-present God. We send you to the mines where he works, Lord. We send you to the offices, the files, whatever he has as the responsibility, oh Lord. Let you be accountable, Father, for this day, Lord. For you are a good God. He has stood for you. May you also stand for him, Lord. Amen. We pray for our dear precious pastor, such a humble man of God, Amen. Lord. You sent him out there to preach, Lord, and to save. May you be with his family. May you be with us as his church. May you bless him over the whole Lord, even as he shall be traveling back whenever he is done with his post of youth, Lord. We are just praying, Father, for the building project, whatever, Father God, Lord, is happening, Father. Amen. As we wait for your God, Lord, we shall till the land, O Lord. We shall not wait and we shall not relax, O Father, but whatever we need to do, Lord, give us virtue and strength to do it, Lord. We need to grow as a church. We need to build, Lord. Provide for the whole Lord, so that, Lord, a church shall be built indeed, O Lord. We pray, my Father, my God, Lord, may we bless our week, O Lord, that is before Amen. us, Father. Yes. Thou knowest the challenges of the children. Some Amen. of the children here, Lord, they came here, Father, without a decent meal, Lord. Amen. Some of the children, O Lord, they have got scars on their hearts, Lord. Amen. My Father, my God, Lord, are you happy to see them continue in this week? 
I doubt it, Lord. You are a God that has got a turning point, Lord. From this time, Father, may you come and heal the hearts of your children, Lord. So that those that came here with a sorrowful heart will go out back there, Lord, with joy, with happiness, to conquer the devil, Lord. Whenever they see him, if they see him at school, may they conquer him. If they see him at work, may they conquer him. When they see him in the street, may they conquer him. Because Amen. we have got a record of never failing. Hallelujah, Lord Amen. Jesus. Father. Give us victory, oh Lord Jesus. Amen. You know the enemy is looking at us, Father. Yes. He's looking for an opportunity Amen. where we are going to fail, Lord. Amen. But God, you don't fail. Amen. Father, Thank our anger is in you, oh Lord. Amen. That's why we are inviting your spirit right now, Lord. As we look into this week, Father, may we come back with testimonies, Father. Amen. As we shall gather again on the next Sunday, Lord. We want victories for this week, Lord. Yes, Lord. Things that can be seen, Lord. Not imagined, Father. That your children shall come and stand, Lord Jesus. Sing songs of worship, Lord. Giving glory to your Father. With a joyful heart. With burdens that have been lifted away from them. With lives that have been changed, oh Lord. With victories that have been accomplished, Father. We thank you, my God and my Lord. Amen. As we commit all things with your mighty hand, Lord. Amen. The unfailing hands of God. Yes. The capable hands of God, Lord. Amen. We present our lives in your hands. That thy perfect will be done. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. 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 May God richly bless you. It's a song that I love, but I can't sing it. These are the days of Elijah. Uh, if we can sing that one for you, and may God bless you until we meet again.